Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about Almas, the Russian Bigfoot. That's correct, Almas, the Russian Bigfoot. We've been covering Bigfoot a little bit lately on the podcast and discussing whether or not this thing is an actual biological creature or possibly some sort of cryptid or even a uh, alien species, perhaps some alien creation uh, put here on planet Earth and whether that's just to repopulate the Earth to... Uh, kind of spy out the land, or possibly uh, these creatures are here as punishment. This might be a prison planet for them. It's my opinion, it almost seems more like these things are some sort of a hybrid, interdimensional, biological creature, because the way they seem to appear and disappear, the fact that we've never found a body, at least that we can be sure of, but at the same time, they do leave some physical evidence in the form of tracks. We've had hair samples found, even though uh, some will say those hair samples aren't definitive. And people do see these things. Uh, they have been shot at before, but oftentimes when people talk about shooting these things, um, they just disappear. They kind of just kind of go into thin air. It's as if they are impervious to bullets. Now, fortunately, we haven't had anybody wearing a Bigfoot suit uh, shot and killed, although there was, I believe, a fellow a few years ago that was uh, trying to do a Bigfoot prank and was run over and killed by a car. The reality of these things are they seem to kind of come into our uh, dimension and then go again. Oftentimes they're associated with spacecraft or other paranormal activity. What I find interesting is, is that these types of creatures are found uh, all across the planet. They're not, just, uh, they're not just limited to being here in the U.S. And one of the places that they're found is in Russia, the old Soviet Union, particularly in the far eastern uh, provinces of, of uh, the, what used to be the Soviet Union. It's a really rugged area. Now, I found this article at stillwelldemocrat.com. looks like an online newspaper. I'll post a link at the uh, Ko-Fi site. You can find it there under my UFO warning. Uh, it says, In the Shadows, Almas, the Russian Bigfoot. And this is written September 18th, 2023, written by D.W. Lee. It says, Russia and Mongolia have their own type of Bigfoot that has been named Almas. It's also known as Almasti with an I or Almasti with a Y. And the general name Almas is a singular word in Mongolian for wild man. So just like here with a lot of the native legends, they view this thing as some sort of a humanoid creature. Thought to inhabit regions of Central Asia, Russia, and the Caucasus. Almas are generally considered to be more akin to wild people in appearance and habits than to apes, in contrast to the Yeti of the Himalayas or the Bigfoot of North America. Almas are typically described as human-like bipedal animals between five foot and six and a half feet tall, their bodies covered with reddish-brown hair with anthropomorphic facial features including a pronounced brow ridge, flat nose, and a weak chin. They are usually described as unclothed, but a handful of sightings refer to primitive clothing. Many cryptozoologist researchers have been struck by the similarity between these descriptions and modern reconstructions of how Neanderthals might have appeared. You notice here they're going for a little different angle. Uh, in, in the U.S., these things are often described as being, you know, 8, 9, 10 foot tall. And here they're saying much smaller, 5 foot to 6 and a half feet tall. Goes on, it says, nearly a year ago, Igor Brzev, a hominologist in Russia, 
attempted to talk to an Alma on the phone in Russia while giving a presentation at the Nebraska Bigfoot Conference. Needless to say, this was met with disdain by many in the Bigfoot community because of the insaneness of his claim. Well, no matter you know where you come up with these paranormal activities at that are unexplainable, you're always going to have some wise guy show up to either try to exploit the situation or cause enough of a you know distraction that people uh, quit doing serious investigation and just write the whole thing off. The point is, this creature's been uh, uh, considered to be around for a long time there in Russia and the old Soviet Union. Very interesting uh, concept of this somewhat smaller version, maybe even a subspecies of Bigfoot. Now, this article here is from the unmuseum.org talking about the wild man of Central Asia. Now, this article is titled The Wild Man of Central Asia, and the author refers to um, this creature as Alma, A-L-M-A. He's dropping off the S. It says, in Central Asia, and what until a few years ago was the Soviet Union, there are stories of a large ape-like creature that inhabits the mountains. It goes by the name of the Alma. Unlike the better-known Bigfoot and Yeti, reports about the Alma say that the creature is much more of a rough, hairy human than an ape. Professor Boris Porchev of the Moscow Academy of Sciences published a description of the creature based on detailed stories he'd gathered from people who'd seen it. Quote, there is no underlayer of hair so that the skin can sometimes be seen, says the report. The head rises to a cone-shaped peak. It continues, and the teeth are like a man's, but larger, with the canines more widely separated. Portsnev's description also noted that the Alma can run as fast as a horse and swim in swift currents. Breeding pairs remain together, living in holes in the ground. For food, they eat small animals and vegetables. The creatures are mainly active at night. The report also noted that the animals have a distasteful smell. That's something that we hear quite frequently when we talk about these reports of Bigfoot. It's this really bad smell. It says, the first stories of Alma were gathered in 1881 by N.M. Pesowski, a traveler in Mongolia, who also discovered the Mongolian wild horse. During the Second World War, refugees, soldiers, and prisoners of war often reported seeing the Alma. Slavmir Rezbik, in his book, The Long Walk, the story of his escape from a Siberian labor camp, tells of being delayed by a pair of Almas. Chinese soldiers reportedly put food out for the Alma and watched it eat. M.A. Stonen, a geologist, was, was prospecting near Tian Sham in 1948. One morning, he awoke to cries by his guides that the horses were being stolen. Stonen grabbed his rifle and headed outside to find a figure standing by the horses. It had long red hair all over its body. The creature moved off at Stonen's shouts, and he chased after it. The animal was so manlike, though, that Stonen couldn't bring himself to shoot it, and the thing escaped. Isn't that strange? In the, in just kind of in a moment of seeing this thing, this guy realizes that this can't possibly be just, you know, an animal. He seems like he views it as some sort of human uh, hybrid. In 1957, a hydrologist named Alexander G. Pronin, on an expedition to study water resources, reported seeing a being of unusual aspect. It stood at a distance in the snow, with its legs wide apart and with arms longer than a normal man's. Pronin watched it for five minutes, then the creature disappeared behind a rock. Three days later, he saw the figure again briefly. Then a week later, one of the group's inflatable boats disappeared without explanation. 
and was later found upstream. Pronin found out that the locals often blamed the, quote, wild man was stealing household items and taking them into the mountains. This made Pronin wonder if the Alma was responsible for the missing boat. That's something that we don't hear a lot about with Bigfoot, with them coming in and stealing stuff from people's houses. Occasionally you do get these stories, these strange situations where they take things, oftentimes little trinkets though, but these guys really seem to be looking for things that they can use as tools. It goes on and says, almost have reportedly been shot and killed, but the carcasses have never been examined by scientists. In 1937, during a clash with the Japanese, a Russian reconnaissance unit in Mongolia spotted two silhouettes coming down a hill toward them. When the figures did not respond to a challenge, sentries shot them. Then, the next morning, the, re the recon unit was surprised when they examined the bodies. They were of a strange anthropoid ape that was about the size of a man and covered with long red hair. Unfortunately, because of the war, the bodies could not be returned to Moscow for a proper evaluation. Now see, that's pretty unusual because normally we never hear about these things actually being shot and actually killed. It goes on, it says, while the Soviet Union was still together, several expeditions were mounted to look for the Alma. They gathered some interesting stories and a few unusual artifacts. No Alma was ever captured and Soviet scientists became split over the value of searching for it. Dr. Prozhnev took quite a ribbing from his colleagues because of his work on the subject. Prozhnev speculated that the creature is perhaps the last surviving group of the Neanderthal men. At least a few Western researchers, including, including Dr. Myra Sharkey of Leicester University in England, agree with him. Shackley, who visited Mongolia in 1979, points out that the entire area is loaded with Neanderthal artifacts. She notes that if Neanderthal were to have survived, it would most likely have been in those areas where the Alma is reported. I think this is a case where we have normalcy bias creating, uh, creeping in. Uh, seems pretty highly unlikely to me that we would still have Neanderthal out there running around this independent population, you know, in modern times. But the average person is so, I think, uh, put off and frightened by the paranormal or this concept of these things could be, uh, you know, interdimensional, that they, they will just grab at any explanation. It says here, since the, since the dismemberment of the Soviet Union, little has been done to continue research on the Alma. Those regions where it has been reported are often politically unstable and economic conditions in Russia, who inherited many of the scientific institutions of the old Soviet Union, have not been favorable to allowing continued research on the wild man. Well, of course, you know, things have kind of changed a lot in the Soviet Union, in Russia, which, you know, the, the, the main uh, kind of head of the old Soviet Union, pro probably don't have the resources to look into that stuff. Now, we have another really interesting case here that I want to take a look at. I found this on Reddit. The uh, user says, uh, Marshmallow Snuggles is under uh, cryptozoology. It's from a couple of years ago. Like I said, I'll have this link posted at the uh, UFO Warning Ko-Fi site. Now, the title of this post says, a 1925 encounter with a deceased Alma in the Pamir Mountains. According to a Soviet Major General, Mikhail Stefanovich Tobliski, in 1925, his forces chased an opposing guerrilla force into a cave where most of the enemy met their deaths. However, one of the surviving enemy soldiers said that while in the cave, they had, an, they had been attacked by a number of ape-like creatures. 
one of their bodies was brought out, about which Major General Toplisky related the following, which is here translated into English. Of course, this would have been just after, during the Russian Revolution, when uh, the communists were busy uh, murdering anybody who didn't want to go along with their program, and that extended to the far reaches of the Soviet Union. Continuing our chase, we caught up with what was left of the exhausted gang who had stopped for a rest at a place where the glacier was split apart by a stone cliff. The upper tongue of the glacier hung from the cliff in which there was a crevice or cave. We surrounded the gang and took up a position above where they were resting. A machine gun was placed in position. When we threw the first grenade, a man, a Russian officer, ran out onto the glacier and started shouting that the shooter would make the ice cave in and that everyone would be buried. When we demanded that they surrender, he asked for time to talk it over with the other bandits and went back into the cave. Soon after, we heard an ominous hissing as the ice began to move. At almost the same moment, we heard shots and not knowing what they meant, decided that it was the beginning of an assault. So they have, sounds like, uh, pretty much got these these uh, people cornered back into a cave. These these uh, folks who were resisting the communist takeover. Pieces of snow and ice started falling down the cliff, gradually burying the entrance to the cave. When it was nearly buried, three men managed to escape, and the rest were buried under the debris. Our shots killed two of the bandits and seriously wounded the third. When we reached him, he showed us a spot where the body of a Russian officer was buried and we dug it out. The wounded man turned out to be an Uzbek tea house owner from Samarkand. We questioned him, and he gave us the following information. While the bandits were discussing our order to surrender, some hairy, man-like creatures, howling inarticulately, appeared in the cave through the crevice, which possibly led upwards from the cave. There were several of them, and they had sticks in their hands. The bandits tried to shoot their way through. One of the bandits was killed by the creatures with the sticks. Our narrator received a blow from a stick on his shoulder and rushed to the cave entrance with one of the monsters hard on his heels. It ran out of the cave after him, but he shot it and it was buried under the snow. You can imagine that. These uh, communist uh, forces had tracked down these uh, resistors. They The resistors... They run into this cave, and as luck would have it, it's a cave full of these Alma, or Bigfoot, who are not happy that they are there in their cave. So the, the, the poor Alma are kind of caught in the crossfire between these communist forces and uh, the rebel forces that uh, are in a firefight between each other. It goes on and says, to check up on this strange story, we made him show us the exact spot and clear the snow away. We recovered the body all right. It had three bullet wounds. Not far off, we found a stick made of very hard wood, though it cannot be stated for certain that it belonged to the creature. At first, I thought the body was that of an ape. It was covered with hair all over, but I knew there were no apes in the premieres. Also, the body itself looked very much like that of a man. We tried pulling out the hair to see if it was just a hide used for disguise, but found that it was the creature's own natural hair. We turned the body over several times on its back and its front and measured it. Our doctor made a long and thorough inspection of the body, and it was clear that it was not a human being. It's just imagine that. And these guys are in the middle of nowhere, the very far east of what you know was the Soviet Union. 
The body belonged to a male creature 170 centimeters tall. Now that would be about 5 foot 7 inches. Elderly or even old, judging by the grayish color of the hair in places. The chest was covered by brownish hair and the belly with grayish hair. The hair was longer, but sparser on the chest, but short and thick on the belly. In general, the hair was very thick without any underfur. There was also hair on the buttocks from which fat or doctor deduced that the creature sat like a human being. There was most hair on the hips. The knees were completely bare of hair and had callous growths on them. The whole foot, including the sole, was quite hairless and was covered by hard brown skin. The hair got thinner near the hand and the palms had none at all, but only callous skin. The color of the face was dark and the creature had neither beard nor mustache. The temples were bald and the back of the head was covered by thick matted hair. The dead creature with its eyes open and its teeth bared. The eyes were dark and the teeth were large and even and shaped like human teeth. The forehead was slanting and the eyebrows were very powerful. The protruding jawbones made the face resembling the Mongol type of a face. The nose was flat with a deeply sunken bridge. The ears were hairless and looked a little more pointed than a human being's with a longer lobe. The lower jaw was very massive. It's interesting the teeth were human-like. So many times with the Bigfoot, we see the teeth being almost, the canines as being kind of oversized, almost like a gorilla. It says the creature, the creature had a powerful chest and well-developed muscles. We didn't find any important anatomical differences between it and man. The genitalia were like a man's. The arms were of normal length. The hands were slightly wider and the feet much wider and shorter than a man's. Now that's weird. The feet were shorter, it says. With the Bigfoot, at least in the U.S., the feet, of course, are very big. And the arms are extremely long compared to uh, humans. You can see that in the Patterson-Gilman film. These hands on these things just seem to just extend down about maybe half again as long as the humans. That's why when I see that Patterson-Gilman film, it seems so real to me. Because why would they go to the trouble of making the hands so extremely long in, in that costume? And they seem to move as the creature walks. That's what's so weird. I mean, that detail, these really long hands at, at the end of these really long arms. Now, the article concludes, it says, We did not know exactly where we were because no accurate maps of the Pamirs were then in existence. But we must have been somewhere between the Yazgulam and the Russian ranges. As we had completed our task, we had to return. The nature of the dead creature presented us with a problem but it was impossible to take the body with us on the difficult trek that lay ahead. Also, it could have caused complications with the local population. We would say, of course, that we were carrying the body of an animal, but the creature looked too much like a human being. We thought about skinning it, but it was too much like skinning a man. At the end, we decided to bury the creature where we had found it. We did not try to enter the cave because we were afraid of another cave-in. So, of course, they're talking about being there in the wintertime, lots of snow around. They didn't want to get trapped in that cave, even though the the rebel that they had uh, encountered uh, told them that he thought that the uh, these creatures, these almost had come in through uh, another entry into the cave. You know, you can imagine that these things were there. They would have known their way around pretty good. It, it, interesting how uh, this is so much smaller than what we would perceive as a Bigfoot. But 
it also demonstrates a lot of more uh, human-like uh, traits than what we think of Bigfoot as far as you know using tools maybe even interacting a little bit with these people it's very strange stuff I want to look at one more account then before we close this out now this last article that we're looking at comes from uh, monstrous.com and it's titled The Almasty. It's A-L-M-A-S-T-Y. It says the Almasty, Mongolian for wild man, is an alleged hominid cryptid said to inhabit the Caucasus and Pamir Mountains of Central Asia and the Altai Mountains of Southern Mongolia. Almost is a singular word in Mongolian. Variants of the word include Almasty, the snowman, Jangla, Mosh, man of the forest, wild man, Barmu, or Chuchuna. And the contrast to the Yeti of the Himalayas and the Bigfoot of the Americas, the almas is generally considered to be more akin to wild people in appearance and habits than to apes. Almases are typically described as human-like bipedal animals between five and six and a half feet tall, their bodies covered with reddish-brown hair with anthropomorphic facial features including a pronounced brow ridge, flat nose, and a weak chin. His arms are shorter than the yetis. He has less hair, black or brown, on the face and body than any other hominids. Many cryptozoologists, researchers believe there is a similarity between these descriptions and modern reconstructions of how Neanderthals might have appeared. He is said to feed on berries. Sometimes he attacks sheep, but eats only their liver. Being a nocturnal creature, it is very difficult to catch a glimpse of this elusive hominid. As a rule, the snowman leaves no traces of its death. That's just like the Bigfoot, we can't seem to find a body of these things. It says the Caucasus Mountains, the Panir Alti Mountains, West Mongolia, the Urals, and the Russian Northwest, the Kaleski Isthmus, a 90 mile long isthmus in Kareli between the Gulf of Finland and Lake Ladoga. There had been interesting sightings in the Arkhangelsk region as well. Other paranormal phenomena, UFOs, and biophysical phenomena have been reported in the Pamir Mountains. So there you go. We have these UFO sightings right along with these uh, Almasti or Alma, what we might think of as a type of Bigfoot. Now under sightings it says, for centuries reports about strange creatures and rituals have leaked from the Taiga. Almases appear in the legends of, of local people who tell stories of sightings and human Almas interactions dating back several hundred years. Sightings recorded in writing go back as far as the 15th century. In some cases, people have attempted to shoot the creature. These individuals reportedly died afterwards under mysterious circumstances. In 1430, Hans Schlittberger recorded his personal observation of these creatures in the journal of his trip to Mongolia as a prisoner of the Mongol Khan. Schlittberger also recorded one of the first European sightings of Przewalski horses, and they cite the uh, manuscript in the Munich Municipal Library. It says 1603 by 2.10, Shackley 94. He noted that Almasti are part of the Mongolian and Tibetan apothe apothecaries uh, Materia Medica, along with thousands of other animals and plants that live today. So they just listed these things as an animal, just like any other animal to them. There was just no question that they were real and that they existed. It goes on and says, British anthropologist Mira Shackley, in Still Living, question mark, describes Ivan Avla's 1963 observation of a family group of almas. 
Ivlov, a pediatrician, decided to interview some of the Mongolian children who were his patients and discovered that many of them had also seen Almas's. It seems that neither the Mongol children nor the young Almas were afraid of each other. Ivor's driver also claimed to have seen them. Now, the author tells us that Russian researcher Alexei Stitnikov and his team of researchers reported a very strange encounter that took place in 1993 while on their way to Lake Tony. The explorers had been planning to study the area for several years, but had been unable to do so because of a lack of resources and the wretched state of the Russian economy. Their plan was to determine the optimal time to conduct an expedition to search for proof of the possible habitation of a gigantic serpent in the region. There have been numerous reports about the existence of such a serpent in the far eastern part of Russia, in the Primorskaya Taiga. The group of explorers had barely begun their trek when they had encountered a creature known to the locals as Snowman. They were crossing the river on a raft, and on the other bank of the river noticed a man who was covered with reddish fur. The creature turned around, made a sound resembling grunts, and then disappeared in the thicket. A few seconds later, the raft had reached the shore, and Sitkinikov had a colleague chase the creature. The fellow explorer, Sergei, guarded the raft. They did not find the creature and came back to the river. Sergei did find a barely visible footprint at the site where they first sighted the snowman. Sitkinikov recalls that the creature was only three meters away, so what, ten foot, when they saw it and it was plainly visible. The weather was sunny and clear. The creature was about two meters in height, so we figured maybe six and a half foot tall. Its fur was of a dark hue and not thick. Its head was somewhat triangular in shape, widening toward the base. The base was straight, but from the forehead toward the crown of the head, narrowed. It's kind of a cone head shape. The creature had small eyes, wide nostrils, and a slit in place of a mouth. The neck was not visible, and it looked like the head was placed on wide shoulders. Uh, they talk about a slit in place of a mouth. Look at that creature in the uh, Patterson-Gilman film. Look at the mouth on that thing. It's weird. Kind of like this slit. It says, it possessed a powerful chest. Sikhanov had collected many descriptions of the snowman, and it has gathered statements from the local populace, including hunters who have encountered Bigfoot in the wilds. Secret settlements have been found deep in the thick woods. Now, by settlements, I think they just mean where maybe a half a dozen to a dozen of these things are sleeping at night. I don't know if these things are ever known to use fire or any kind of advanced tools. It says, theories, Soviet scientists speculate that Chukana represent the last surviving remnant of the Siberian Palo-Asiatic Aborigines that retreated to the upper reaches of the Yana and Indikura rivers. Myra Shackley and Bernard Havamus both wrote that the Almas are a relic population of the Neanderthals, while Lauren Coleman suggested surviving species of Homo erectus. Another, election, another explanation is that they are purely mythological creatures since no hard evidence, such as skeletons or specimens, etc., have been found. Well, you know, we don't have dead bodies, and like I said, that's another reason why I find these things to most likely be some sort of interdimensional creature where they're just coming and going. Very strange. But you can see this is happening all over what would uh, be uh, now considered, you know, the far reaches of east of the Eastern Soviet Union in these very remote areas where uh, whatever they are, they have the opportunity to uh, get away from uh, modern human life pretty much and just 
exist or live however they do uh, on their own without interference from man. But there we have it. We have these Bigfoot type sightings, even though they're different, they demonstrate so many of the same similarities. So what we would think of as American Bigfoot, whatever these things are, they're clearly spread out across the globe. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out. (laughs) 